Imagine the company of your ancestors, their faces with marks and dialogue. Practice speaking with them, listening while forks scrape across plates. Forgive yourself for being distant longer than anticipated. Recognize a palm tree growing in the north still produces fresh coconut. Welcome to Year for Women Who Roar podcast. This is your host, Megan February, and I am here today with the lovely Rosie. I'm so excited for you to meet her. She is a poet, a writer, a yogi, and just an amazing person. So welcome. Hi. <laughs> wow, what an amazing intro. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. It's really cool to have you here, and it's been cool get, to get to know you, you know, like right? over the past what, two months? Two months, but it feels like a lifetime. I know. Yes. I love relationships like that when you meet kind of a kindred spirit, especially someone that, like, we have such a similar background with poetry mm -hmm. and yoga. It's always, it's so yeah. magic. It's woven together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt that pretty immediately, like, right when I met you in person, I was like, oh, you have such, like, a genuine presence about you. So. Oh, well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I will fully receive that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for those who don't know you, like, how about just tell us a little bit about your background, you know, um, what has shaped and formed you to who you've become today? Well, I am first and foremost, a creator. I do see life as like an opportunity to always dive into the creative process and the creative opportunity. And from that perspective, I have found my ways into what I love, which is adventure um, and travel. I love uh, yoga. That is like my anchor and also you know, my, I guess I would say my platform to then express all the different ways in which I love to mm -hmm. go about life. And so really finding a way to kind of tap into those different elements that make life worth living and really see the beauty and the art and all of that mm -hmm. yeah I've seen like a, a lot of your pictures have you kind of running around the forest <laughs> always running around the forest <laughs> uh ever since I was young nature has just been a way for me to be who I am mm -hmm. and I could always see things that I was like struggling with uh or things that I found really exciting and like expansive reflected in nature and so nature was like my teacher. It was like, oh, okay. Uh, so we're in the season of fall. You know, the leaves are falling away. Oh, you know, maybe I'm letting go of something too. Mm -hmm. Or, ooh, springtime, there's just a burst of life. Like what seeds have I planted in me that are now going to come to bloom? So just like, it's kind of a very, very like simple way of looking at it, but nature speaks a different language. And I'm always watching and <laughs> listening and being like, hey. How can I apply this to my life in a way that feels cohesive and natural mm -hmm. and really like organic? Because I feel like we are just really tapped into every season mm -hmm. and we're just like, envir the environment is our like powerhouse. Oh, yeah. 
I love that idea that nature is a teacher. I totally believe that. I, I feel so connected with nature. Like, water and trees are, like, mm. the most, like, there's so much soul, like, attached to their vibration. Not mm. to be woo-woo, just, like... Bring on the woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I remember one time I touched a tree, and I remember I could feel, like, it's like I could feel the feeling mm. of the tree. It sounds really weird, but maybe to some, but I remember feeling it, and it just felt like it held so many feelings and lifetimes like as it has you know and I know I just think nature has so much to teach us I use it a lot and when I was teaching yoga a lot um I always brought always brought nature into the practice so especially like in balancing poses when everybody would be struggling with their tree and they (laughs) you could see they get so frustrated and they would fight that kind of sway that balance brings us into and I would be like don't fight this way. Like, think about, like, how trees are. Like, if the wind moves them, does the does the tree just, like, freeze in place? And it's like, ah, I can't sway. Mm. So I'm just like, let your body go with the balance. Right. You know? And if you look at a tree, they're, like, so strong and so deeply rooted and yet so open, mm. like, open to being moved. Mm. Like, so there's a balance. Trees are all about that. That's the best. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, mm. I know. I love trees. Do you have a favorite season? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born in the spring, so there is a lot of connection there. However, uh, summertime, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of sunshine, especially in the Pacific Northwest where we're like <laughs> just calling it in all the time. Oh, my God. Uh, so when the sun is out and about, I just feel, A, I can step into who I am. I'm like, oh, I can just like wear less. Mm-hmm. Less is more. It's easier to dress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so good. And just, yeah, be in like the warmth and be in the adventure and be in the play. Uh, but there's something about every season that, Again, it just asks you to like step up and see what's offered. So I used to be really against, like really against winter. <laughs> you live in the wrong place. I know. Well, because that goes into like where I was born, being from the Caribbean. Uh, it was, I think it's just like that's natural. It's like that is like a natural part of who I am connected to the warmth. And so growing up here, it was really hard. And I struggled with like seasonal, seasonal depression. Every time winter rolled around, like my body just shifted. And it was like, I would get tense. I would get sad, you know, because I was fighting the cold. And it, it was like that for a really long time until one year, I think I was probably like 16, 16. And I was just fed up with with myself of being like why do I get like this every winter like it can't be like this for the rest of my life and so like my therapy was like all right so what can I do to welcome this change and I was like well I could get a better jacket that might be a good start (laughs) I don't have to be cold all I don't have to be cold all the time um but I could also put myself outside I could put myself in the element and welcome it. And so that was a really cathartic 
experience to be so resistant <laughs> to the cold and then just be like, you know what? I'm going to take a step into it and see what happens. And I found that I was able to like soften and not be so tense. And when I would soften, I would stay warm. I would just like place myself out there, check on like what is going on outside during this time, you know, and it, it actually helped. It was healing. And now I like welcome all of the seasons that come to play. Mm -hmm. I love how that translates to every area of your life. Mm. Like it's not just about literal weather. It's really plays into that whole metaphor that the more you fight, the more strenuous life is, the mm -hmm. harder life is. But when you kind of, as you said, soften your body just allows itself to kind of unfold. Yeah. That's so it's true. And who knew nature would teach us <laughs> in all of its many ways. Oh, such a teacher. <laughs> such a teacher. So you're from Haiti, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about being from Haiti and yeah. what it's been like being adopted into the States? Yes. It's a big question. It's a big <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive in. <laughs> um, so I was born in Haiti and in a small rural village called Pestel. And I, probably around three or four months old, my birth mother died and my father was very, very, very ill. And so story goes that my family was fearful that I was going to die without um, like breast milk from my mother and just like the care of my mother. And my father was also like, I don't know how long I'm going to live. So um, my grandma and my aunt uh, walked me to, to an orphanage and dropped me off essentially. And my father signed the paperwork with his, with his thumb because he couldn't write. And that was his way of signing me over to the orphanage. And I was at the orphanage for about, until 11 months old. Um, my parents, the ones who adopted me, they had gone to Haiti a couple times through like mission work. And I think after their first time, they had decided like, we want to adopt um, a child. So they had no idea like who they were going to adopt or that it was going to be me, but they knew that they wanted a baby from there. So I'm pretty sure this is just my mom hyping me up, <laughs> but she was like uh, saying that I was the, that everyone was saying there was a baby that always smiles. <laughs> oh. Oh there was a baby that always smiles at the orphanage. Oh and <laughs> so apparently that baby was me. That is not, guys, <laughs> that is not surprising. And you could be sitting here and just look up, like, a picture of Rosie or something. She has, like, the most beautiful smile, like, ever. I could totally see that. I could totally see that. So how old were you then? Um, then I was 11 months old. Oh, and you were so smiley. I was smiley. Oh I was gosh. smiley. And I was also sick. <laughs> like, um, I had, like, a skin condition where just basically from malnutrition. So like my skin was very, not like scaly, but just had like a bunch of, like a rash, like, a, yeah. And, um, and the orphanage was doing like all they could to care for me, but definitely needed to be like in the States to seek out care 
And so my parents decided that I was the one and took a flight to the United States. And so I guess from 11 months old till now, I've resided in the Pacific Northwest. And so that's when I go back to say like, kind of looking at nature and nurture and how they're both so important, but the nature is like, I am Caribbean at heart, like in my soul and definitely feel called to that space, but I'm also here and have taken on this, this life of, um, yeah, being in the, in the U.S. So since, since then I, you know, did my thing, <laughs> uh, Grew up in a small small town outside of Seattle, so like west of Seattle, and it was I had a good a good life, a good childhood. So when did you start writing? Um, I have been writing ever since I can remember. So writing was how I I don't know, I, don't know, I conveyed what I didn't know how to say. So actually, Rosie in Space, which is my creative platform and business essentially is actually the first book I wrote and published in the fourth grade. And it was a school project and then the school went off to publish our books and I still have my book, Rosie in Space, and that has carried on to what it is today. But yeah, writing has always been a part of, of my life and will always be a part of my life. And I guess poetry took on the form, I took on the form of poetry, like only recently, only within like the last six years, I would say. So you have your debut book, Sustenance, mm-hmm. which is like yeah. beautiful friends, definitely check it out. Um, we'll have it in the notes on this podcast so you can ch- get your own Rosie book. It's really lovely. I'd love to have you read just a few poems for us. You're down? I'd love to. Cool. Sustenance was a labor of love that I wrote. Some poems were written before and some poems were written after meeting my birth family for the first time in, in Haiti. And a lot of this work was really to come and understand the process of going through that, but also just like the process of my life in general and allowing for that experience to actually be felt and received fully and whatever was coming up, I knew needed to come up because I couldn't just keep keep it in any longer. So adoption, from the root, acceptance will be waiting, waiting in the garden, ready to harvest. Hidden under vine and leaf, under warm sun, you must dig. Watch your magic with humility and hard work. Approaching older years will make this more difficult, so experience while you are young. Whatever is planted grows with you. Take your findings inside. Water yourself as if fruit or vegetable. Prepare a meal. Sit at the table, choose slowly. Imagine the company of your ancestors, their faces with marks and dialogue. Practice speaking with them, listening while forks scrape across plates. 
Forgive yourself for being distant longer than anticipated. Recognize a palm tree growing in the north still produces fresh coconuts. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, it sounds kind of like a letter. Mm. Like almost like either a, I would I would imagine a letter being to yourself, like a younger you, mm. or to someone else. I have never thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I was like seeing it being written, like a handwritten letter, almost like, dear, blah, blah, <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, this is a beautiful letter. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I read another? Please. Let the vines grow over. I remember laying each brick, building you out, securing me in security. These walls protect me from ever getting out, you from ever getting in. The cement of the past seals so quick. Why did I let it dry without considering an open garden would be much more appealing in its place? And that one is, has a mix of feelings, uh, just having struggled with insecurity in general, and also just from past relationships where I took the end of something as like a, a place to build a wall instead of the end of something as a space to grow into a new beginning. And for a long time, I had, I had closed myself off just out of fear, pain, um, not wanting to be hurt again. And in that process of not wanting to be hurt and being like, I'm gonna build this wall, I'm strong, you know, like, you're not going to hurt me again. I essentially hurt myself because I didn't let anyone in. Mm -hmm. And so kind of writing that and reflecting on that was really like, hey, this is an opportunity to plant a garden, to grow something new, and to let people in and to let yourself out. So Beautiful imagery. Beautiful imagery. Mm -hmm. I really resonate with that, like, the whole, you think you're protecting yourself, but in the end, you're kind of, hurting yourself and mm -hmm. sabotaging your own desire for intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. Yet it's ingrained, that protection. Um, I think we, we're all meant to go through that process of like building your own wall and then tearing it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe again and again. Mm -hmm. but that's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. But I mean, think about any kind of foundation. Like there are some, definitely some foundations that have been here like, you know, for centuries and right. you know, thousands of years but for the most part like things continue to kind of the foundation is always there foundation. but something is breaking down and then building on top of breaking down and mm -hmm. building. it's all an evolution and it's all a creative process right because just as we create something and put it into existence destruction is also creative for making room because we got to let things also die as, I don't know if that sounds morbid, but some things got to die so some things can take over. So I, I mean, like, I'm actually an incredibly morbid person, so that, <laughs> that really resonates. I'm like, ooh, yes, indeed. Word, word. People always think, we're both like this, we're like super, super smiley, but we're also artists, so it probably means we're like deep like that too, yeah. so. Love it, love it. It's awesome. Um, so you actually mentioned, you've mentioned the creative process quite a bit. What, what has that been like for you? How do you kind of... Mm. <laughs> Does hot mess 
Does that work? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the creative process is, it depends on the work I'm doing too. I've noticed that. I definitely get into like this tunnel vision of once I see the, the path, I'm like, all right, let's, I can like see the path in the future or like the end goal, which is, it's always going to change. But like the idea, how about that? I see the idea and then I work to like backtrack and meet myself where I'm at now. And then I'm like, okay, what steps do I need to take to move forward? And so in the beginning, I'm, I feel like I'm way more loose. I'm like, oh yeah, the ideas are just marinating. We got time. And then like once I am involved, once I'm full on like committed to this project, hey, nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> Nothing. No roadblock will stop me. No obstacle will stop me. <laughs> And that can be really powerful, and that can also be where my perfectionist <laughs> tendencies tend to step in, and that's something I've, I've, I'm working with, working through. But yeah, I, I feel like I've always been in a way of like, I can, I can make this happen. And just tapping into like resources and tapping into your friends and your network and being like, hey, can you help me if you need if you need the help? Um, or even, you know, there's opportunities where it just aligns. You find your way. You find the right book. You find the right story. You find the right anything. And you're just like, oh, this was definitely a step to the process. Mm -hmm. So I stay open, but I definitely, once I'm in it, I'm like full speed ahead. And I, I won't stop until it's, until it's, what I want it to be. And I think really the creative process for me has always been about follow through. We have millions of ideas, everyone. Everyone has millions of ideas, but we don't see half of them because no one, no one has been told it's okay to not have the whole idea figured out right away, but to take one step by, one step and then another. We think like, oh, I have this idea and it has to be like here right now and it's a process. So the follow through is key. If you can follow through with an idea, maybe it takes a month, maybe it takes six months, a year, 10 years. But yeah, knowing that it will come through if you follow through. Oh man, that is so important. And I was gonna ask you the question of like, what would you tell anyone that feels blocked? Mm. But that's so interesting, because <laughs> I'm like, that's a really good one. Is there anything else you would want to tell somebody that feels creatively blocked or maybe just insecure about their work mm. on top of that? Yes. Because insecurity and doubt, those two definitely are part of the process. I would say maybe journal on why you feel, feel that insecurity and then also check in with yourself like, who are you creating this for? So a lot of times we... I think we can get lost in this idea like I need to create so that other people like it. And like if you create something and other people like it, woo, it's a party. Yeah. Like celebrate that, receive that, you deserve that. But we also as artists need to remember like we are creating to move energy and move blockages in ourselves. So create what you like and love that, love that process. And I feel like if you put something out that is from your heart and your truth, other people will also 
call to that. Mm-hmm. So 100% believe that. I know the times in my life where I've been the most unhappy was when I was trying to produce something for another. And it didn't even matter. It could have been some of my best work, but it wasn't... I would feel so insecure about it because it wasn't about me versus the work that probably wasn't even recognized when I was done for my heart. I felt like something healed within me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cause it wasn't, it wasn't about anyone. Now I agree with that. People will be blessed by that authentic work because it was from a true place, true place. And you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I, I am a believer in creativity and art, and I just see the power in it. I wish we lived in a world that also saw that power and saw that by spilling your heart on paper or on a canvas or on a brick wall outside or even in the ways in which you just go about your life, seeing the beauty like just knowing that by engaging with art by observation you too are freeing up yourself to not be so rigid or defined by what society tells you is right like there's so much power and so much like awareness in the in the creative self and yeah i think creativity can heal the world it can save the world I believe that too. And I think especially when it's made so accessible to mm-hmm. people, like because I think so many feel like, well, I'm not an artist or I'm not a writer, or I'm not creative, I'm not good mm-hmm. at this. But once you begin to open that that kind of space where anyone can anyone. participate, mm-hmm. get rid of the ego shit and just be let let what you need flow from you. Right. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. Mm-hmm. You might be surprised. There's so many talented people in this world who might not necessarily identify as a creator or an artist, but I encourage them to to kind of take that on and be like, hey, you know, because it's intrinsic. It's in us. It's part of who we are. It's like in our genetics. <laughs> we are made to make shit happen. Did you always identify as an artist or poet or writer? No. Um, I always identified as me. And I was like, yeah, I think I do things creatively. But it wasn't until a good friend of mine was like, wow, you're such an artist. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Me? (laughs) And then I took that on. I was like, oh, okay maybe I am and it and I knew that I was a creative person but I'd never been called an artist Mm -hmm. I was like yeah I'm a fucking artist (laughs) it empowered your gift it empowered me and then from that point on I was like you know what because that person essentially like tapped on my shoulder and was like hey I see you and I was like I want to also be a person that taps on other people's shoulders and is like, I see you. You can do that. You are that. (laughs) So good. Oh, it's so important. Yeah, I think we're all just reminding each other. We're all just offering gentle reminders. So friends, let that be a gentle reminder (laughs) to create. Let it flow through you. Mm -hmm. You might be surprised. So maybe to close, what is one thing... If you could tell women one thing today, 
What would you want them to know? I want women to know that you are capable of overcoming any anything and that however you're showing up in your space today right now is truly enough and that with your heart like out there with your voice out there with your mind out there uh, you're creating a bridge for women everywhere to do the same you're creating a way to essentially normalize what we have been shamed for all of existence and so I encourage women everywhere to, to remember of their capabilities that they are power love that thank you so much thank you Dear